You're listening to a classic business podcast as heard on Classic 1027. 1027. Well, some things uh, never change. Supply uh, surcharge, Chinese data this morning, pretty decent, if not all that inspiring. Manufacturing PMI out at 51, pretty much in line with consensus. Not really enough to get the Asian indices going. Uh, it was a UK bank holiday in the UK, US Memorial Day. It was always going to be a little quiet, but there was quite a lot to talk about. Nonetheless, Nick Kunz at Sunlum Private Wealth, Amir Kruger of um, Kruger International Asset and Wealth Management, have your market view. Nick, what's going on out there? <laughs> Evening, Michael. Well, you said some things never change. Well, some things never change. When the US is shut and the UK is shut for a holiday, uh, expect uh, a fairly thin market is what we saw in the JSU today. Uh, but nevertheless, some quite uh, pockets of strength. I mean, it is month end, <clears throat> so there was a little bit of a squeeze, as we call it, window dressing. The plat shares are quite strong today. Uh, precious metals are quite strong. We've seen an uptick in, in the gold price. A little bit of a, a softer dollar across the board. A little bit of inflation coming through across from German numbers. So it was basically the highest level since 2018. So tying in with that inflation theme, I know you've been talking about as well. So um, that that's kind of the wrap. And otherwise, a, a bit of a sort of a, I guess a soft finish to a. Um, uh, you know, a, a, a very choppy May, let's put it that way. A very choppy May. And we know June historically, Mia, is a very weak month in global markets. Uh, but I want to hone in on that issue of inflation. You, you know there's inflation in, in the housing market in the US, for example. I was reading a fascinating story where a buyer offered to name her firstborn after the seller if they would do the deal. And if you look at what's happening in, in the housing market, uh, the, the prices of homes are actually going above the listed selling prices of agents. I mean, that just doesn't really happen in any normal market. And quite clearly, this is now going to start feeding, you would imagine, into rental prices uh, and then that into the broader inflation uh, picture over in the U.S. Absolutely, Michael. I mean, that's an astonishing story you just mentioned there. Uh, I think, you know, it just shows the absurdity of where, where things are going. And when you consider the fact that the inflation has actually picked up, we saw markets initially react to it, and then the reaction started to be muted. So we've seen a stronger market, uh, the, the expectation of inflation to really normalize over the uh, slightly longer term has sort of come to come to reality, and people are, uh, it seems like people in the market um, are anticipating that that reality will not be as influential to them as, as initially thought. The fact remains that we're seeing this uptick quite quickly. And that was what was not expected, and that influenced markets negatively. So, yes, June is still out there, and uh, it remains to be seen where markets will be heading. I believe Mercury is in retrograde or some rubbish, so uh, it might be worthwhile, Nick, getting everything into cash because funny things happen when Mercury is in retrograde. Maybe that's why the show is changing. I mean, it's not really a, a strategy to base your, your investment decisions on. Generally, if you, if you look back at May, um, the, the standout last week was certainly retailers. What have been the, the, the best performing asset classes for you and uh, what would you be doing as we head into June in terms of potentially tweaking or positioning your portfolio from here? 
Yeah, I think, uh, well, first of all, I think the, the, the second half of the year as we head into to June and obviously the second half um, at the end of June, I think that, you know, the easy money for me has certainly been made. I mean, we're up the JCL share. I mean, one of the best performing markets uh, in the world so far for the first six months, up the month to date, 1.56% year to date, 14.5%, Michael, and you, you know all know what the RAND dollar's done. Um, you know, in the dollar terms, also huge outperformer. Um, so, so the standout for me, I guess, is is the, the demand for small cap SA for the industrial, the retailers, and we saw the close on Friday. I think the top ten shares on the all share on Friday close were up between six and fifteen percent. I mean, it's just extraordinary sort of demand for it. So, mm. I think the easy money for me has been made, and, and, and how we position ourselves for the next six months. Um, again, I, I keep referring back to inflation concerns. I think we've got to prepare ourselves as South Africa vaccinates, as we start getting back to work, hopefully, or normalizing the next six to 12 months. You know, we've got to decide how we position ourselves going forward. But I think there's so many moving parts, and it's going to be really intriguing in the next few months. And that is the issue here. Inflation is not necessarily a bad thing if we start to see a normalization in global interest rates, which have really been abnormal since the global financial crisis, Mia. And so investors just need to be mindful of which asset classes tend to perform well in a rising interest rate, rising inflation environment uh, and gold and, and banks and those kinds of things. You, you do still have places to park your, uh, your money. It doesn't just all go into cash. Now, speaking of banks, Standard Bank, fantastic voluntary trading update today, expecting a 40% rise in first half profits. And we did see a lot of caution in the way they provisioned around uh, COVID and non-performing loans. Is that starting to come through now? Is this the first signs of it? Me up. Yes, Michael, we saw that uh, already come through on the previous quarter in the U.S. banks when they started to tell us that the provisioning that they made for uh, for the COVID uh, downturn was much more than they actually needed. It seems like it will be the same coming from the South African banks. I think when you consider the fact that uh, Standard Bank has announced that there would be a 40 percent rise in their profits, we can see this playing out uh, quite quite substantially. We know the margins have been under pressure due to the fact that uh, that the interest rates have uh, been lowered over the past 18 months, and uh, this can clearly be due to the fact that they have uh, now re repositioned that, uh, that provisions that they've made previously. And, uh, and Nick, to bring you in, it means that mm-hmm. many of the country's lenders, which were very well capitalised, with very strong balance sheets going into the crisis, decided to really be ultra-cautious, stop paying dividends. It does look now like they will all start to uh, declare interim dividends if Standard Bank's update is anything to go by. Yeah, that's that's right, Mark. I mean, as you pointed out, our South African banks, their, their balance sheets were were far better shaped than a lot of other banks around the world, and, and kudos to to management and and the SA banks. But uh, don't forget also, Michael, that the regulators were also sort of uh, wagged their fingers, and they also ordered those financial institutions to hold on to capital. So I think some of the banks would have probably paid out a bit if they could have done, but uh, they took heed from regulators and they held on to that capital. But mm-hmm. you know that guidance has been lifted. But um, yeah, Standard Bank out, they're going to be paying a dividend first half to end of June uh, looking pretty good. I expect the other banks to follow suit and uh, yeah, that's actually, I've always said that, that financials tend to sort of lead markets up and they sort of lead markets down and our SA banks are, are nowhere near the highs that we see with the US banks.
uh, pre-pandemic all-time highs, JP Morgan, for example. So maybe this is a bit of a bit of a good sign, and I'll, I'll take heed that it's quite positive that I think we'll see these things run a little bit going into the next month or so. Mm, Mia, I want to bring you in on the retail side of the equation. And ever, you know, since last weekend, Mr. Price's massive beat, we've seen retailers run quite strongly, SA Inc.-specific retailers. And, and PEPCO announced on Friday that the competition authorities are now blocking its uh, potential deal with the cash bill to acquire Buco. Uh, and it does look like the competition authorities are going to be a lot more activist in, in their rulings. Uh, but just generally and broadly speaking, do you still think there is value to be had in, in the retailers or, or did they do all their running last week? Well, they have done a particularly good job last week um, of catching up to, to what they've missed out on the market. And, you know, people became sort of more cognizant of the fact that the uh, the, uh, the help from government at the end of last year due to the COVID, uh, COVID uh, lockdown had actually helped these retailers where people didn't go out and spend money. So they came out and spend a lot more money when they had the opportunity to do so. Uh, the thing, there's a fact remains that when you consider the, the, the economic data in South Africa, the uh, jobs numbers or, uh, or unemployment coming out tomorrow, the South African consumer is still under a thick of a strain. And that will keep this environment very tight in South Africa. Obviously, we see, uh, see a company like Mr. Price, which is, uh, which is one of the top retailers in Africa do particularly well. They go into interesting areas where, you know, with the acquisitions of, of amongst other the Yakishev uh, platform. And these these sort of um, uh, acquisitions for them will benefit them going forward because it, it enhances their market. The fact remains the, the trading environment in South Africa for retailers uh, and in general remains pretty tough and I'm not that advice about the prospects uh, after this, this run. Yeah, we saw the, the, the private sector credit extension numbers are today quite weak as well, although reading through Hehu Pinar, uh, the Chief Economist of the Bureau of Economic Research, very quick to point out that there are some uh, serious base effect issues before you just assume that uh, this means that businesses are not uh, borrowing to fund uh, any other kind of capex. Uh, look through those numbers. Mia Kreer, Director of Research and Fund Management at Kreer International Asset and Wealth Management and Nick Kunzer, our Salon Private Wealth with your view from the market.